But I've been thinking about the word this week that God gave us, I believe, as a congregation way back at the beginning of COVID when this pandemic broke out. Uh, It's kind of a surprising word. It was the word thrive. We based our whole uh, Philippian series kind of around that theme, and, and it's the sense that that God was saying we wouldn't just survive this time, but that we'd flourish, that we actually uh, would, would thrive in him. And, and, and I know that thriving seems like a, a bit of a lofty goal right now, but I, I've been thinking if there was one thing we could do right now to move us forward into thriving, it would be this, hope, cultivating hope. You know, I heard a talk last week by Daniel Strickland at the Global Leadership Summit, and she inspired me as she talked about hope as being something that's actually strategic. It's more than just a vision, but hope is a strategic plan for the present tense of our lives. It's funny, for most of us, 70 to 80% of our thought life is based on the past or based on the future, Right? I mean, much of our thought life is focused on times gone by and things yet to come. It, it, it's, it's so true in me. When I'm maybe not in the best of places, when I'm not quite so healthy, I find myself living in kind of two, two peaks, you know, the, the peak of regret and the peak of fear, you know, looking back and looking forward. But what we need right now in the midst of, of difficult days is, as Jesus followers, who are living in the now, living in the present moment, right now in the midst of all we're going through, living in the present as strategically hopeful people. Sometimes I think we can write off hope as kind of wishful thinking, but hope as described in Scripture is far more present tense. It's, it's a, far more of a concrete idea. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11 reminds us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain or confident of what we do not see. And, and, and so hope is not just some, some far-off idea that we look forward to. Hope is now. Hope is grounded in a present experience of the certainty of God's working in our world and working in our lives. It's confident living in God. How do we do this? How do we cultivate hope in our lives no matter the circumstances? Hope that's, that's present tense with its you know, sleeves rolled up. First of all, uh, hope is cultivated in the soil of gratitude. When you're grateful, when, when you cultivate gratitude, hope grows in that space. So how do you cultivate gratitude? Well, I want you to remember that hope is something that it's, you know, contagious. Can we say that word these days? Hope is contagious when it's shared. Uh, didn't you feel encouraged? Didn't you feel your spirits just boy up a little bit as you heard those friends share their testimonies, share their gratitude towards God today? And, and I wonder if that's maybe kind of the, one of the threats and dangers of this day. I mean, think about it. When is gratitude and, and hope most absent from our lives? Isn't it when we're most isolated? We're most disconnected from others? And so right now, as a church, we're in this one another series this summer because we're just realizing the power of one another. I mean, we're hearing these words, comfort one another, strengthen one another, spur on one another, encourage one another, as we heard Kevin talk about last week, because we need each other. We need to encourage each other with the stories of God working in our world and in our community. 
How else do we cultivate gratitude that, that leads to hopefulness? Well, my dad, you know, the pastor would say, count your blessings. As the song would say, count them one by one. And that's so good to do. Counting your blessings is, is taking on this perspective like, I lost my job, but God provided. Or I'm, I, I'm going through this trouble, but my friends supported me through it. My friends were there for me. Or, or life's been really hard, but, but I've you know, learned this invaluable lesson. It's, it's remembering that in the midst of even the bad stuff, God, but God, I, I'm going through this, but God is faithful. You know, I, I personally don't use the, the term much, uh, count your blessings anymore. I, I have other language that I'm drawn to, language of, of prayerful reflection. Slowing down to ask prayerfully and thoughtfully questions of our own lives. Asking yourself questions like these. I, I sent these out in our midweek reminder this week. Like questions like, what has God been doing? Or, or what traces of grace can I discern in my life or in this situation? Or, or what has God set in motion that I can kind of join him in or, or, or get in on? Let me repeat, what has God been doing? What are the, the traces of grace that I can see in the situation? And folks, if you slow down, you'll begin to notice the the ways God has been doing some good thing. It's always going on. There's always grace notes. I I know this from my own experience. And they're sometimes hidden. And and you you gotta stop and slow down to see them. And uh, I'd encourage you to do that. They're worth the search. And then the question, what, what has God set in motion that I can get in on? This is like hope with sleeves rolled up, as in, what acts of love or justice might we get in on in our world? How can we actually be hope bringers? People of, of hope to those uh, in our world and, and to our friends and our neighbors and our workmates. Offering, you know, encouragement to someone who's, who's going through a difficult time. Or, or reaching out to a, a lonely neighbor. Or, or investing in a local school like we're we're trying to do, uh, or, or stepping into or, or speaking out on some justice issue of our day, or simply praying for someone or for some need in the world. That's hope with sleeves rolled up. And all this can lead to a, a hope that is contagious and growing and flourishing. And, and that has the power to, to change us, to help us, make an impact in a, what, I, frankly, is a hope-starved world. Cultivating hope in this season through cultivating gratitude. All this leads to the Lord's table, where, where we celebrate the hope that is rooted in what ought to be the defining story of our lives. You, you know, in the, the cross and, and death of Jesus, it's the story of of the brutal execution of simply the best person who ever lived. There's no one like him. That Friday when Jesus was killed was the darkest of all days, uh, the darkest mark on human history. But then God. And Friday's suddenly no longer the end of the story. 
Sunday came with an empty tomb, and Jesus' rising brought about a marvelous victory over the powers of sin and death itself. Darkness was defeated. Simply awesome, friends. Listen to how, how Peter describes this victory in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 3 or 3 1, whatever it is. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. P Peter says, The resurrection of Jesus gives us new birth into a, a living hope. You know, I've often thought that God, if God could do all of that in the darkest of circumstances, surely he can redeem my broken situation. Surely he can redeem me, my problems. If God can turn the tragedy of the cross into the most awesome story of healing and restoration and possibility, you know, what might he do with what we're going through right now? What you're going through? What might he want to do to, to transform that into some beautiful thing? You know, beauty out of ashes. God, in his great mercy, can, can reframe the worst day into finally the best day. As Eugene Peterson writes, he says, the Bible is not a script for a funeral service but it is the record of God always bringing life where we expected to find death. Everywhere, it is the story of resurrection. And so we come to the table where we eat the bread and we drink the cup, and these are kind of living symbols that, that point us to this living hope, this, this hope that is not just some far-off promise for down the road sometime. It's a living hope, the life of Jesus that we can enter into in all of our present moments. That's what the bread and the cup are meant to do. They're meant to usher us in, remind us of the living hope that we have. And so the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. And I don't know if you've grabbed bread or, or a cup today, but uh, in the moment of quiet we have right now, if you uh, have bread, grab it. And just take a, a, a quiet pause to reflect on the goodness and faithfulness expressed in Jesus. His perfect life his redeeming death, uh, his life given for you. So if you have bread, take a piece. And um, if, you, if you're with friends, share a piece. <laughs> and let's pause and have a moment uh, of reflection on the goodness of Jesus and his life given for us. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And, and so let's take another moment. If you have a drink, if you have uh, wine or juice or, or tea, whatever it might be that's at hand, it's a, a symbol that points us to the blood of Christ, which we, we're told cleanses us of all sin, frees us into this new life, this new covenant, which is less about rules and more about freedom and life and, and, and uh, having and experiencing his goodness in us. So, so let's drink together. Uh, share it if you have, have it, uh, but let's drink in gratitude for the wonders of his love that has been given for us. Would you join me in praying? Lord God, we, uh, I thank you for all these stories today. How encouraging to hear the stories from uh, our extended family, stories about how you're working out your um, salvation, your goodness in their lives, God. We're, we're so glad that in the, even the darkest days, you are still working. You, you never slumber or sleep. You're always watching over us. What a, what a good God you are. And Lord, thank you that, that because of the story of the cross, we have a, a new and defining living hope that is a game changer for us. God, we, we, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. It reframes everything. And Jesus, I thank you that even in the midst of a pandemic, we can see that you've been working. You've been refining us. You've been stretching us. You've been growing us. You've been softening our hearts. You've been focusing our attentions. You've been giving us new opportunities to, to show compassion and love to others, to serve. And Father, we're so grateful that you are present and alive in this very moment and that you call us a people of hope. Help us be those who live in the present moment more and more and experience this living hope that would lead us into life. And in this moment, I just sense that the Holy Spirit is working and the Holy Spirit just wants to pour into our lives his hope. He wants to fill us with his grace and his power. And so in this moment, why not just open yourself up to the Spirit's working? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, heal, restore, renew. We invite you in this moment to, to speak your life over us. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Uh, would you remind us how near you are? Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Spirit. May we continue to be open to him in our everyday moments, in our everyday life. We pray these things together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.